My name is A.B. Ridgway. I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in My Mom's Favorite Christian Financial Advisor. And today we're going to talk about your spending habits. It's no secret that Americans are in trouble with credit card debt, reaching over $1 trillion, I think, in the first quarter of 2023. But what is at the root of these spending habits? And I have a few statistics from annuity.org that address some of the problems that we're facing and hopefully... In this episode, I'll be able to help you overcome some of these spending habits so you can have more money and become a better steward of God's wealth. Did you know that 25% of Americans say they don't have anyone they can ask for trusted financial guidance? In 2020, 28% of adults reported they only have a financial cushion of one week's worth of expenses, assuming they lost their main source of income. 25% report they could support themselves for one month and 15% for three to six months. Also, did you know that when adults were asked about what areas of personal finance worried them the most in 2019, can you guess what it was? Well, 17% said they were worried about retiring without having enough set aside. In 2019, 60% of U.S. adults had credit card debt. 60% of non-retirees didn't think their retirement savings were on track. And in 2021, also, Americans reported losing an average of $1,389 because of a lack of personal finance knowledge. Now, I didn't give you these statistics to scare you, but hopefully you can identify with some of these and say, you know what? I'm not alone. It's not just me. No one is perfect in the financial world. Not even me. We all have these cognitive biases And there's other psychological elements that play on our emotions that cause us to do certain things. And one of them happens to be the herd mentality. The herd mentality is when we make decisions based on consensus. What is everybody else doing? So if everyone else is going to buy a TV, I'm going to buy the TV. Well, everyone else is in debt. Well, that's fine if I'm in debt. We see it all the time on TV. You see news stories where people say, well, I'm $800,000 in debt. Or we read this article, I'm $800,000 in debt. I don't know what to do. And then we think to ourselves, well, I must be doing pretty well with my $100,000. Well, that's not the way that we should think about things. We should really focus on how can we take care of our personal finances? I mean, that's why it's called personal, right? Because it's between you and yourself. No one is going to save you. No one is going to give you $80 million to correct your mistakes. This is something you need to take care of. So let's dive into some of the top five things that cause issues with our spending habits. The first is spending without a plan. Now, let's face it. If you don't have a plan, it's nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to go right for you. You know the saying, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And if you don't have a monthly budget, definitely your money is just going to disappear and you're not going to know exactly where it went. A majority of the time when we're breaking down a client's finances, it's the fees and charges that really eat up their budget. I mean, we find $12 for a bank account overdraft fee. We'll see $25 of a reoccurring, you know, HBO package or something like that. And sometimes we see like computer programs that maybe they bought for the month or maybe two months that they paid for years ago that they don't use anymore. But when you have a plan in place, you're able to identify where your money is and where your money is going so you can direct it to where you want your money to be. Number two, paying for convenience. 
Now, I think a majority of people fall victim to this one, and it's embedded in the American culture, especially fast food culture, where we are paying people to do the things we technically have time to do ourselves. But what we do is we make excuses on why we don't have time. You know, I don't have time to cook tonight. I don't have time to cook tomorrow or even this week. You know, so many meetings and things going on. You know, I don't have time to clean. I'll do it on the weekend, right? And you know, these big corporations, they take advantage of that. You know, McDonald's is like, you know, come here. We'll fix your family a meal. You know, come to Taco Bell. We'll, we'll fix your family a meal, but it's going to cost you. And you're going to have to pay sometimes two and three times what it would cost for you to do it yourself. But it is here for your what? For your convenience. You know, I saw a meme the other day that said, um, the older that I get, the more willing I am to pay for conveniences. Well, when you're young and you're living paycheck to paycheck and we're really trying to be responsible with our money, as we should do in adulthood, you know, we don't pay for those conveniences. You know, that top of the line brand, um, we don't reach for those. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to build a family and you're trying to count every penny, you start reaching for those store brands. You know, if if avocados are not on sale, you don't buy them. No, no one's getting guacamole tonight. And one of the things we see, even when we go shopping, is where maybe we see an onion. The onion costs you 56 cents, depending on where you are in the country, or 75 cents or whatever, for an onion. Then we see chopped onions are being sold for $2.50. You have to really think to yourself, is the time it takes for me to chop that onion into little pieces really worth an extra $2 or $1.75? Once again, we're paying for convenience. So what you want to do is take a look at your finances and see what are you really paying for versus what are you getting? And most of the time with a lot of our transactions, we're paying for convenience. So you need to ask yourself, is it convenient if I'm already going to be in the kitchen cooking? Is it convenient that my onions are already chopped? Maybe, maybe not. Number three, spending without keeping track. Now, this kind of goes hand in hand with number two. It's a little bit of an inconvenience to track all of your purchases, but this is going to help you identify what you're spending your money on. You know, and, and it's one thing to know that you're spending your money. You know, you have $10,000 income, you spend $8,000 and you have $2,000 left. That's one thing. But it's another thing to identify where this money is actually going. Is it going to home improvements? Is it going to automotive and transportation like gasoline? Is it going to shopping? Is it going to dining out? Is it going to buying groceries? Identifying these categories will help you figure out where do I want to redirect my money? Because the thing is, when we create these budgets or organize our finances for that matter, we're not trying to restrict your spending. We're trying to make sure that the quality of the life that you want is funded by the money and not allocated to different things you don't want to go to, like extra conveniences that you really don't need. For example, Let's say that you're spending, let's say $200 on laundry detergent and you want to get a $100 haircut. Well, that's going to be $300 out of your budget. So how do we figure out how to get laundry detergent and a haircut? It's easy. We say, well, I'm spending $200 on laundry detergent. I'll cut back to $100 and then I can get my haircut and I can still get my laundry detergent. So you see how that works. So it's not always about taking money off the table and throwing it into a savings account. It's just about making sure we're reallocating the assets to what is going to give us a better quality of life. 
And it's very easy to do that when you start tracking your money. And if you need to figure out how to track your money, obviously we have a budget tracker for our clients that we onboard at our firm. They can use it any time of the day. They have access to our portal and they can upload all their bank information, their investments, things of that nature, and they can see the transactions. They can see the summary. What did they spend in three months, six months, year to date, the past year? They can also recategorize things. Sometimes when you're having transaction, you may go out to eat and it shows it as shopping. Well, that's not shopping, that's dining out. And you can also create individual categories. Maybe you do something special like hunting or fishing. You can have a category where all your purchases for that hobby can go in one section and you can see how much you spent over the past three months or six months or a year or whatever time frame that you like. And then that can help you say, am I spending too much or can I spend a little bit more? Right. You can also break up the transaction. So let's say that you go to Walmart, but you're buying home goods, you're buying clothes, you're buying food. You can actually break up that transaction and split that total just for easy numbers. Let's say that you spent on home goods and clothes. You spent one hundred dollars. Well, you can split it up where it's fifty dollars goes to clothes. Fifty dollars goes to home goods. Right. So you can actually see exactly what you're buying, especially at these stores that have multiple goods. That's not easy to categorize. Number four, making impulse purchases. And this one kind of hurts the most. I think it touches a lot of people. If you can make sure that you're not making impulse purchases by making a plan, keeping track of your assets and knowing where your money is going, you're going to have more money than you thought you ever had. I don't know if you're familiar with this book, but it's called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, where she explains how you can assert agency over your life by just counting down from five to one over the course of five seconds and acting when you reach one. But this doesn't have to relate to procrastination or just hesitation in action. This can actually help you with your buying decisions in this five second count. Five, four, three, two, one. And think, do I really need this? Can I do without it? Do I already have something similar? Can I get something maybe less expensive, but still does the job? Because what we're not doing is we're not being conscious of the decisions that we're making. We're making subconscious decisions. We're making decisions out of habit. We buy the chopped onions because that's what we always do. We go buy Chick-fil-A because that's where we always go after our sporting events. We make these types of purchases because that's the type of purchase we always make. It's actually just a habit, not anything that you really want to do or actually gives you fulfillment. These habits are stopping you from reaching the level of wealth that you desire. Understand this. There's nothing wrong with making that purchase, but make sure that purchases have intention. That's the key word here intention. I remember when I was a kid during Thanksgiving and in the Sunday newspaper, it was bigger than the other days, right? Like Monday, Tuesday, it was like really thin, but Sunday was like this big bulky thing. And the reason it was because it was filled with advertising, literally, I mean, pages and pages and pages. And for the kids out there that don't know what a comic is, uh, that was kind of like our childhood detox from like the animated cartoons that kind of went back to our parents form of entertainment as kids, right? <laughs> so, but anyway, I would look inside the Sunday newspaper and most of the time they were getting ready for Christmas. So all the new toys, all the new games, 
Um, these advertisers knew that we would be looking and they put all the specials out. And I knew that I wanted a video game. So what did I do? I saved up my money and nothing could distract me. Not candy, not toys, not the circus, no basketball games, nothing. I didn't want to spend my money on anything but the game. I had intention and nothing can take my intentions off of that game. Once I wrote it down, clipped out the advertisement and put it on my wall. This is what I wanted. This is what I was working for. And guess what happened? At Christmas time, I had the money. I was able to get the game and everything felt amazing. The feeling of acquiring something that you desire for so long is so satisfying. The satisfaction of buying something quickly, quickly fades, but this actually gives you something to work toward. And that's how we have to be with our finances as well, is that when we don't make these impulse decisions and we have intention, we can make sure that our goals come to fruition and not make excuses like, man, I didn't have enough money or like, ah, oh, this is an emergency that came up. But we can actually focus and get things done. Number five is spending to feel better. I saved the best one for last because I think we all do things to make ourselves feel better one way or another. And retail therapy is a real thing. Many people do spend to make themselves feel better, but that is a costly way to deal with the emotions that you're going through. Life happens, but what we can't do and what we can't afford to do is to spend our way out of it. Because even if we do spend, we get that quick hit of emotion and feel good for maybe one day or two days, and then it's back. And what are you going to do when you're back online? You're going to go right back on Amazon. You're going to add more things into your cart. You're going to make more impulse decisions and you're not going to keep track of your assets. And it's just going to be a snowball effect that's going to destroy you from the inside out. So not only are you going through this stress or this pain of your normal problems, now you have financial stress because you're used to money soothing or dulling the pain of the thing that you're going through. So that's why I think it's important to have the goals that you set financially to bring you happiness as opposed to the spending of the money because the habits are there. Your mindset is there. The way that you set up automatic payments for your Netflix and your monthly subscriptions, like I said, like HBO or Rhapsody or Apple Music or any other streaming platform that you may have, if you just set up automatic payments for your savings, you'll be just as well off as you are in debt. Meaning that right now, people are in extreme debt. But if people just automatically contribute to their IRAs, to their brokerage accounts, to their 401ks, their retirement savings, things of that nature, they would be in extreme wealth. Obviously, I'm not trying to minimalize this. I'm not saying that one thing is going to fix everything, because when it comes to financial planning, it's not just one thing. It's everything. But this is a crucial, crucial, crucial factor in building that wealth. It says in Philippians chapter four, verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. When you create your financial plan, you are making your request known to not only God, but to yourself and to the people you love. And it will allow you the opportunity to identify what is really important to you. If you've been listening closely to this podcast, hopefully you picked up a theme here. So what do you think is the common denominator for all these five issues? What is the root of these five issues? It's time. 
Time is the factor for all five of these issues, and we can actually overcome them with understanding our time and how we manage it. Think about it. Spending with a plan. When you spend time sitting down writing your plan, organizing your finances, structuring your estate plan, you're going to be more effective in your spending and your wealth accumulation and distribution. When you stop paying for conveniences, you're saying, I can take the time to chop up an onion. That's not worth $1.50. The 20 seconds it takes to chop an onion is not worth the extra $1.50. That can go somewhere else. I'm not going to pay this store more for something I can get for less. That's time. The time it takes for me to cook some mashed potatoes and gravy and rice and maybe a biscuit. And I'm off track here, <laughs> but it's not worth the money. And this is why Americans are going through what they're going through. One trillion dollars in debt because people don't want to spend the time. When you're making impulse decisions, take that five seconds to think about what you're doing. And most importantly, take the time to understand your emotions and how you feel. As a certified private wealth advisor professional, I've helped Christians create financial plans and get their time back by putting in small investments to make sure that their goals are reached and they don't fall into these types of pitfalls. So if you need help creating your financial plan and getting your time back, schedule an appointment at www.abrwealthmanagement.com. If you're new to Christian investing, you can go to our website now. You could download our free ebook, Four Pillars to Christian Investing. It's a 19 page beginner's guide for stewarding God's wealth and saving for retirement. It's a great resource to have, especially right before your consultation, gets you familiar with Christian finances, what that's all about. And it goes over debt management, savings, investing and wealth transfers. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be a victim. Remember the statistics I said earlier, 25 percent of Americans say they don't have anyone they can ask for trusted financial guidance. That's one out of every four people listening right now. That's a lot of Americans. And that explains why so many people are suffering and why so many people are only one week or one month away from losing everything. We don't want that to happen to you. Well, make sure that you subscribe, like and comment, because on our next episode, we are going to start talking about outstanding debt and how we can create plans to pay it down. I think it's going to be a great episode. So make sure that you tune in. Make sure you turn on the notifications. Make sure you turn on the bell uh, because a lot of these platforms are very finicky about what they give to you. So if you want to see more, make sure you do that. Well, that is it for me. My name is A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. 
Nothing on podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnestine podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.